Hi, I'm Jared Free. The last thing I prayed for was the older woman I saw eating indoors in a wheelchair. Hi, have you been eating a lot of dairy products? Actually, this is funny that you should ask. Um, No, I have not been. I made it my realistic 2021 goal to stop eating dairy with the exception of Sundays. So I actually have not. I have not eaten a lot of dairy in the past couple of days. Thank you for asking. Good for you. I didn't really have any year's resolution, if you're wondering. I was. Actually, that's not true. I did did vow to chew slower because I always like inhale my food and it's going terribly. I just love eating so much. I, I just can't slow myself down when it's happening. Listen, I get it. Like, especially the past several weeks, like that weird time between Christmas and New Year's when our bodies just become like full cheesecakes. Um, It's tough. It is. I think you have to just lean into the cheesecake during that time and just embrace it and give yourself a break. Especially during a pandy. Like there's truly nothing else to do. Yeah. How did you spend your New Year's, Jess? I spent my New Year's cat sitting. I had a small dinner outside. I think I went to bed at 12.15. So I was up past midnight. Good for me. How did you spend your New Year's? Your new year. My new year. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I hate when people say happy new years. It's like, it's new year. Happy new year. year. It's one. Get a grip. I spent New Year's Eve with my boyfriend and my boyfriend's mother in St. Louis at her apartment. We... Oh, meet me in St. Louis, baby. mm -hmm, We boiled lobsters and we drank some cocktails. And I too went to bed at probably 12.05. And, you know, it was a very, very pandemic New Year. And it is what it is. You tweeted something so funny the other day. It was like, I'm going to butcher it. But it was like, not to be a bitch, but it still feels like 2020. And it's so true. I loved it so much. (laughs) You did not butcher it. That was verbatim the tweet. Yeah, I got to say, like, not New Year, New Me this year. I think it's very much the case of New Year, same me. New Year, same you, same me, same president, same pandemic. I think that time is a construct and everything is still pretty shitty, but it is getting better. I think at the end of January, we're going to be moving and grooving, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Anyway, who's on the show today? I forgot because we haven't spoken in so long. We took a nice little break. Thank you for coming back to us, by the way, my little... Little yeah, Bibles. thank you for staying here. My little Stars of David. <laughs> Your little prayer book. <laughs> oh, yes, we, had, prayer book. <laughs> we had Jared Freed on the podcast. He is truly a podcast legend. He talked to us about relationships, dating, love, Judaism. Am I missing anything? I don't know. We did touch on the Locks Club for quite some time. So if you guys are oh, yeah, we talked about dating around, we had a really good chat. No, we had a really good chat and it was actually like educational for me. I thought it was really educational and funny. Even if you're in a relationship or you're single, or you're Jewish or you're not Jewish, these rules apply to everyone. Or these um, guidelines apply to everyone. Jessica, what is the most Jewish thing that you did last week or this week? 
the most Jewish thing I did was get a COVID test just because I do not think I have it. I have no symptoms. I have not been around anyone who has it. The only places I've really been are like the grocery store. But I thought, why not? Let's just see where we're at. I love that for you. What's, thank you. What's the most Jewish thing you did? Well, first of all, I would like to say that I went to my first Christmas dinner because I was with my boyfriend and his family. And the most Jewish thing about Christmas. Christmas dinner is I ate way too much had to get up immediately after the meal because I had so much mac and cheese. And then I went upstairs to the bathroom for probably an hour. <laughs> I'm not sure what they thought was going on. Maybe they thought I was like repenting for my sing- sins for celebrating Christmas as a Jew. But what I was really doing was having the worst stomach pains of my life and having explosive diarrhea. So that was probably the most Jewish thing that happened to me over break. That's the way to celebrate Christmas on the toilet. Um, All right. Well, here's us and Jared Freed. Enjoy. (laughs) Bye or hello. I'll edit that out. Oh, God. I'm getting my sea legs back. Okay. Hey there. We're JC and Jazz. And this is Pray for Us. It's a podcast about practicing an ancient religion in the modern day. We're talking about how we observe Judaism when it comes to holidays, relationships, food, and everything in between. Today, we're talking to Jared Freed. Jared is a comedian, host of the J Train podcast, and co-host of the podcast You Up. He's a regular at the Comedy Cellar, Caroline's on Broadway, Gotham, Stand Up New York, well, when Stand Up was a thing, that is. Um, he's written for Total Frat Move, Bro Bible, Betches, so many more. He's a fucking riot. Jess and I both want to date him. Go, Jared. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> what an intro. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. That sounded like my Jewish mother wrote my bio. So um, always embarrassing, always um, anxiety-inducing. But that was very nice. It's, it's good to be here. Uh, what's up, Mishbucha? <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Mishbucha is like, Family, right? Family. In Yiddish? In, yeah. See, I didn't even Yiddish. know that. No? I The that Yiddish that right I know is like Meshugana and like Yenta. And that's pro- that's like where I draw the line. I, I just like I just like shortening Mishbucha to, what's up, Mishbuch? I don't mishbuch. know. That just sounds <laughs> funny to me. Classic I said that. I've, d- I've done um, shows, Jewish shows before. And I, I think I'm aligned with you guys where it's like in my mind i'm not that jewish but someone could look at me and look at kind of the aspects of my life and be like you're so jewish so Mm -hmm. so i i kind of like i would consider myself like a high holiday jew and sometimes i would do these shows for like hasidic jews in new york and and at first i remember being like not very comfortable and because I was like, I, I, you know, you get a little self-conscious. You're like, I don't want them thinking that I'm around. You know, I don't want them thinking I'm a poser, you know? <laughs> right. You know, I don't want them thinking like I'm walking around and be like, yeah, I was Jews. And then that, like, if I was them, I'd look at me and be like, mm, yeah, 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 kind of, you know? Like, I, and so, so, like, do you think we're posers though? Like, there's I, a little yeah. bit of that, but I think I, I, so I used to come on with that attitude doing Jewish shows. I would come on and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm you, but I'm not like you. And they hated it. 
they they legitimately hated it. <laughs> Either you're in uh, or you're out, buddy. Like, yeah, well, they, they exactly they want numbers more than anything. They want signups. So, um, <laughs> I, I and then I would bomb these shows for Hasidic and modern Orthodox people because right away I'm already saying I'm not like you people. And I remember it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh, they just want me to be, they want me to love that I am just like them. It took me a while with Jewish stuff to get to that point. And so what I would do to start these Jewish shows, I would always go up and go, what up, Mishbucha? And they (laughs) would love it. Like it was legitimately like you'd see the women, the guard was down and, you know, to me, the wigs were coming off. Oh yeah, just <laughs> flying into the, into the back. <laughs> just a big gust took off the wig. <laughs> Yami's flying off the place. Uh, and I, it was this big, you could feel, and I think stand-up comedy a lot of times is like just reading the body temperature of the room, the, the, the who's sitting like with their arms crossed, who's, and I remember just right away, all those shows, which again, Jews pay, so they were like big money making shows. So it would make it my life became easier because I was like, just give in, go with the current. You know, <laughs> like it's it's a lesson for life to me. But I'm happy to be here with Mishbucha and and the Mishbucha. So we're happy to have you. I just realized I feel like stand up isn't a thing anymore. But since religious gatherings are okay in New York, I feel like you could do a Jewish they're doing comedy that. show. Oh, they are. They're doing. Uh, I mean, stand up is a thing. It depends on what state you're in. So it's uh, right, yeah. We live in Europe right now, so every state is different. Every <laughs> the I was in Florida, and there's old people smoking cigarettes into people's mouths. So like, you know, it's like the, that the makes added, me feel better. Yeah, where are you? You're in LA. Yeah, I'm in Santa Monica. You you live in a different country. I'm in New York. <laughs> uh, Jason, where are you? I'm currently in Westchester, but I usually live in LA. Okay, so we are in different countries than the other states in the country. And I understand what you're saying, but like you go to Florida and you just see like old people with a mask, indoor dining, just like <laughs> taunting death. Like they don't care. And in Arizona, and I, they don't give a fuck, by the that's way. The thing. So like there, are, so I have been doing stand up socially distanced shows, you know, with limited capacity around the country this summer. As soon as I could open oh, up, wow. I was like, I was like, I'll go wherever it is and be as safe as I possibly can, but I have to make a living. So like, there's yeah. like this, like, I mean, mm-hmm. did I ever sound more Jewish than just now? Uh, but I, got, <laughs> I gotta make a living, you know, but I, I've been doing shows and in New York, there's a lot of people trying to do like religious gatherings where they're kind of, this is happening. What, what you're saying is, okay. is going on. In I'm not city. the first person to think of this. You're not the first person to think of this, and there's someone who's already monetized it, and I'm sure they <laughs> are of the faith as well. So, I... where there's a will, there's a way. Always. I always think, like, when in terms of like feeling like you're not Jewish enough, I'm always like, look, in the eyes of Nazis, we're all Jewish, so it doesn't really matter. Like, that's what unites us all. Sure. And and and, and I think also like. There's a point where I think it's age where you start being like, wow, this is nice. Like there are like mm-hmm. the idea of of feeling connection to people that you've never met before. Like, how great is that? You know, there's very sweet ways to look at it. I think it gets uh, I think right now, 2020, like some of these things, if you go on Twitter, which is like a, 
a hell storm on earth. Um, <laughs> like everything can be looked at negatively in an extreme way. Um, everything's extreme mm-hmm. on Twitter. Everything's extreme online. That's the only way to get heard. So, but the, the reality is like, how nice is it that I'm talking to you two and I do feel a, a connection to you two. Like I, I do know you in a way. You mentioned right. Santa yeah. Monica, you mentioned Westchester, you're at your family home. Like I know, I know you, but I don't know you. So like, I'm from outside of Boston. I'm from a town called Needham. It's next to Newton. Everyone knows someone from Newton. Everyone knows Newton. You know, so, so like yeah. I went to summer camp in Maine, uh, the, you know, the youngest version of networking that ever existed on earth. So like, <laughs> I know people, you know, just, and, and these aren't religious things, but they are, you know, like it, it's weird. So I, I, I've come to appreciate it more and more. And I think I want, the only way to appreciate it and get to where I am personally with religion is to be kind of a dick to your kids. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, like the only way to get there is to like make your kids go to Hebrew school three times a week, get a bar mitzvah, get a bat mitzvah and, and, and do the things that they generally don't want to do. And I, I've come to terms with like, when I have kids, I am going to be forcing them to do all of these things. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. character building. <laughs> character building. Also, you'll thank me later. You'll be able, you'll meet someone who will want you on their podcast in 2050 because they know a kid who went to camp with your friend, who went to camp with that friend. It's all good stuff. And I'm not saying I'm in the religion for the business aspect of it, but I am. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's literally why we made this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, so this is all like, I don't see the negative that maybe a lot of people see in religion. And I get why they see it. You know, it can, it can fuck you up. You get, you know, anything, anybody, but I believe that anything that someone's a big fan of sucks, like big fans suck. Like in general, so like big fan of religion, big fan of politics, big fan of the office. They all suck. <laughs> like, like, I literally work for the person who created the office. So you do. Thank yeah. You. Well, I'm sure they're even against the big. He fan. hates it. I, yeah. He hates them all. <laughs> I call it the Dave. Ma- I call it the Dave Matthews theory because Dave Matthews band is a good band. It's the oh. fans that suck. <laughs> I think that's where we differ because I have a serious issue with uh, Dave's voice. Like his band. All right. His band. Fantastic. His voice. Okay. I have a, a little bit of a problem with. Although Are you a I big did, music fan? Like in general? Yeah. Musical fan. JC likes pop music. I like all music. Yeah. still music. I love music. I love rock. I love pop. I love music. What? Yes, of course I'm a music Please fan. read us your Spotify wrapped right now. Oh, no, it's so uh, embarrassing. It's like Hamilton and Little Shop of Horrors. It's like mainly show tunes and like Lady Gaga. Like, I am a gay man, so it's fine. <laughs> I get that as Mine well. Mine was I... all Dua Lipa. Really? Yeah. It was, she got me through some dark times at the beginning of quarantine, but... That's an aside. Dua Lipa <laughs> is a name that makes me feel old because I know it, but I haven't taken the time to look. Like, I don't have the connection between Dua Lipa and a specific song that brings me to a moment. That's how I know I'm out of the the general thing. Don't even bother. It's not worth your time. <laughs> but I think that after college, after we all graduated college, songs and times kind of started to, like, disassociate from one another. Because I feel like oh. all, to- all times I think of with music are, like, college times or high school times and now i'm just like oh commuting like every song i hear is like reminds me of a commute like that's not fun <laughs> totally agree i there are songs that take me back to like 
I think like you're right. I think like college is when it starts to like disappear, like the back to the future picture, you know, yeah. like it, it, mm-hmm. and like you have fewer and fewer moments. And I guess that's all to say aging is uh, is 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 a horrible thing. And we all hate our lives as we get older. You know? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what an inspirational podcast we have. Here. <laughs> it Super is called Pray for Us. Um, where did you go to camp? Cedar in Maine. It's a uh, Massachusetts. A lot of Massachusetts kids go to Maine for camp. You know, a lot of New Jersey, Connecticut, mm-hmm. you know, Philadelphia, tri-state area type of stuff. You know, like we had Westchester kids, but like that Maine was like, there's like a group of them in Maine. And I worked there later in life. I, I worked there and, you know, I, I'm, I'm friendly with the people who run it. Like I, I, you know, I love them and keep in contact as, as much as you can, you know, as you can. Yeah. Was it a Jewish camp or just a camp with a lot of Jews? So this is the thing. This is kind of where like I, I separate the separate people who I would get along with from people I wouldn't get along with. So like, okay. My camp is one that happened to be Jew, happened to have a lot of Jews that had no religion. So you know the difference. There are some people, and growing up, I'm from Needham, which is now, I I guess people would consider it a Jewish town now. But when I grew up there, it wasn't really that Jewish. There were like two Jewish neighborhoods and that was it. And, um, you know, a lot of people would be like, so you go to Jew camp? And I I would always have to be like, no, it's a camp that just so happens to have 95% (laughs) Jewish kids. And they're like, that's a Jew camp, you know, like whatever. And then, but there's no religion, you know, so I'd always have to explain it, but um, no, it was no religion. None of that stuff. It was more, it was okay, a sports yeah. camp, all boys, all that stuff. Oh, all boys. So you didn't have your first kiss and first everything at camp? Or maybe <laughs> you did. We don't know. We don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, <so> true. I, <laughs> no, I did not. Um, I, I, uh, no, I, I generally, I have a thing against co-ed camps. Like, I, I don't think really I, I like I, I think a lot of all boys, all girls camp people. There is a divide. I think there is a when people go to co-ed camps, it's about different things. Definitely. Like like you said, first kiss, first boyfriend, first girlfriend. Like, I think everyone at an all boys camp, all girls camp, you are your most self in that environment there's no mm-hmm. I, i'm in the middle of watching a season of survivor with my girlfriend i'm i'm ter- the the pandemic has turned me into a 36 year old housewife <laughs> but um but like survivor everyone's the most human you know <laughs> they're the most themselves they're the most tactic you know like they they and i feel like um the bachelor bachelorette everyone's like you know playing a little game of like who can i aspire to be <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the difference between like a co-ed camp and a like just one all boys, all girls camp. I mean, that's yeah. so true. Cause like at an all boys camp, if you're doing the talent show, you can just be your purest self. Like you could fucking sing Michelle Branch. You could do whatever you want. You're not worried about like impressing someone that you have a crush on. But what what was that like? Like what was your truest self at camp? Like, did you ever take a shower? Like <laughs> I never showered. I was the gross kid. Um <laughs> No, I was always just like always busting balls. Like I've always been, I like I. It's why I started doing comedy. I love like giving my friends shit. Like I love like, you know. I I think that's always been the case with all my friends, whether it was like in high school or my fraternity or at camp. It's always been like making fun of stuff with my friends, and that's kind of why I got into comedy. I was like, how do I inject that into my veins? Like in my fraternity, we used to do these like we would like do fake initiations for the, for the pledges. And like, I, when we do a fake initiation, I would make up these grand stories and, and fuck with the kids. And, and like, and I was like, 
how do I do this again? Like I remember my, my, one of my best friends and I, we'd sit in our room and just, we'd be hung over on a Friday and like, we'd invite pledges in just to like do sketches and like be annoying. So like, I, I, again, like camp being in that atmosphere, like it was always just like, you know, busting balls. Like if you go to my Instagram page, that's all I do is just bust people's yeah. balls and that's it. Were you in a Jewish frat? No, my fraternity was more, mm. was really more like waspy. It was known for being oh. the waspy fraternity and with a, like a little sprinkling of, of Jew, but not a lot. It was like the Jew- two or three Jews. Yeah, not not very many. And uh, the Jewish fraternity, like I remember when I went to Penn State, when I was looking at fraternities, it was two camp friends that were in one was in mine that I ended up joining and the other friend, camp friends were in another. And like that was where I kind of rushed based on their recommendation. Like mm-hmm. I took it. I took gotcha. their recommendation more seriously than anyone, just because I was like, I had that kind of background, like a, a lifetime with them, known them since nine and 10 years old. Yeah, that was exact to my experience rushing sororities. Like I did not join the Jewish sorority. I was mm. one of the only Jews in a waspy sorority because I kind of yeah. wanted to be like the jappy girl, like in the cool <laughs> sorority. But I also copied a girl that I went to camp with. And she was like the cool girl when I was a freshman she was a senior and she told me to do the house so i was like i'm fucking doing that house like yeah where did you go to school i went to syracuse syracuse and where did you go i went to arizona the, arizona. the university of oh excuse don't me. get it twisted I, uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with arizona state no i understand i yeah <laughs> I, I think you just trust camp friends i i think like there's like this thing where it's like again it's a jewish thing too it's a familial Mm-hmm. feeling and i get that a lot with people that like listen to my podcast like a lot of times i meet those people and it's like oh i know you you know exactly yeah we had um no fiddling on the show early on and he was talking about i know dating. his brother ari oh of course you do, of course yeah. you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were talking about dating jewish people versus people who aren't jewish and he's actually engaged to a jewish girl and he was like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we're cut from the same cloth. It's like there's just this unspoken understanding. I think about that all the time now. There's like no better way to explain it. Well, I think, I, I think he's absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I think um, I talk about it on stage and I talk about how I want to marry Jewish. And mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to because I I dated the and, and it sounds bad again. Like there's this thing right now of like, or is it taste or is it like actual, like you're being racist or, you know, whatever ist it is, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, and I do believe I, and I had friends in my fraternity, especially because again, waspy fraternity, they would question you and they like, do you want to be with a Jew? And I said, I, I would always say, and same thing with like cut from the same cloth. I, I would try and say it in a way that wasn't as uh, elitist cut, cut from the same cloth. <laughs> A little bit. That sounds a little bit chosen, people, to me. Like, like oh, is the we cloth made of the silk? Cloth, yeah, <laughs> we were cut from the same Louis. Uh, <laughs> um, I would always say it as right away. I know I have more in common with them before even me, and yeah. that was always my thought. Is like I dated, I dated, you know, people from many different backgrounds, and it was always like. I didn't want to be in put in a position where I had to be this expert of something I wasn't an expert on. And just like, like, I remember a friend of mine, I was, I was with him. I've told this story a million times, but it was just like one of those things in life that like it pings you. And he was with his, 
fiance and I remember his fiance's friend and she wasn't Jewish. He was, he is. And then the fiance's friend was like, how do you guys know each other? And the, and his fiance popped in and was like, oh, they went to Jew camp together. And it's like, I was like, eh, I'm out on this bird. <laughs> Like I came on. I've heard enough. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. You because listen, what we went over earlier in this podcast between the difference between is it a Jewish camp or is it a camp that just so happens to have Jews? You're engaged to my friend who went to the camp. You should know that is a very specific difference to know. Just say camp. Just say camp. What's a camp? And and to describe it that way, there's just a little bit. And I, I, this is where we get into the territory of like, we have like the most, I, I think like as American Jews, we have like the most luxurious form of ist. <laughs> like, like we have the <laughs> lu- most luxurious form of haters, you know, like, especially if you're from certain it's areas outside of New York, outside of LA, outside of Boston, like, you know, like, like the worst form of anti-Semitism I hear is, oh, he went to Jew camp. Like I, I, <laughs> I, but it does hit me in a way where it's like, I know mm-hmm. when people are laughing with me and I know when people are laughing at me. I know the difference. Yeah. When I hear that from someone, a person I care about, fiance, who went, who cares about the camp as much as I do. Um, mm-hmm. You go, mm, don't like how that tasted. And it's it, so it and, and so that to me, it's like if you're going to date someone from something else, you have to be you have to work harder than I would have to work. And I'm a lazy guy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's uh you have to work harder to get to know where their perspective is from and and those things that mm, taste kind of bad like i couldn't I, I to this day i couldn't believe that they would be engaged and she would still be calling it a jew camp which again doesn't make her evil i'm not calling this person an anti-semite i'm not calling this person anything i'm just saying it's an ignorant to mm-hmm. your significant other's a thing that they care very much about. So I, I, again, these are little things that like they get mixed in with like, wow, we got to deal with a lot. And I'm like, I don't know. I, like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think I was okay. You know, like <laughs> we do need to talk about your bar mitzvah, by the way. Sure. I mean, I was going to ask how you met your girlfriend before we got off the topic of dating. No, I do want to ask about your girlfriend <laughs> first and then we'll get to the bar mitzvah. Okay. Uh, we met at a comedy show. She wasn't like a fan. It was like a random show at the comedy cellar. And I was hosting. I used to host a lot there, you know, when comedy existed in New York. Um, and then um, <laughs> um, she was there with a friend and her friend was like kind of she hates the way I tell the story. She was her friend was kind of trying. It was was on the guest list of another comic on the show, meaning he was pursuing her in some way. Or We've all been there. We've all been there. So um, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I've been put on a guest list for my favorite comic, <laughs> I'd have I like have three dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I would like to know where those three dollars came from after we're done taping. Absolutely. So I, I so she was there with a friend. Immediate, you know, like she came up to me. I was. In between cocks, when you host, you bring on a, you go up in the beginning, you open up the show, then you do a little bit of time between comics and you say, hey, you know, our next comic, give it up for blankety blank. I bring up someone and I was kind of in my own head because I think I was bombing. I was probably I was bombing and not really uh, happy about the show. And I had another show afterwards uptown. So I was kind of like just trying to get through it. And then she came out to me. She was like, are you really single and Jewish? And I was like, yeah. And then I walked away and that was it. And, you know, like, yeah, what yep. of it. Yeah, exactly. 
this should tell you everything about my game. Um, my that uh, a cute girl comes up to me and is like flirting with me, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I gotta go. Um, and so I came back. I I had a show uptown, and then I had to come back to the comedy cellar for a late night spot. So I came back down, and she was there with her friend and the other comedian. Uh, that was, was she waiting for you? Like, did you ever she was clarify? There like, like, having like... beers. Like, I don't okay. think. I think there was an element of like. Oh, he's going to be back. He's on the last show, maybe a little bit, but like not like definitely not like waiting by the windowsill as it's snowing out. Like That's what it she was... wants you to think. She fucking won. She <laughs> yeah, got this right. situation. Online. She knew what she was after the whole time. A <laughs> guy who farts every five minutes. So then I, um, so then we you know hung out and exchanged information, and that's kind of the way. And it started at, at just from that. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like this grand thing, but it was, uh, you know, it's uh, and now we live together. I have a ring light. You know, things are good. <laughs> That's a huge uh, relationship milestone. A huge one. It's Ladies, it could work out vanity. for you, too. See? <laughs> <laughs> so your girlfriend is Jewish then and she was looking for a Jewish guy, right? I don't think or does she, she just like looking... Jewish guys? No, I I think it was the same for both of us. I I could ask her. She's somewhere on here. But I think it was similar for both of us where, again, like a lot of the topics that we're talking about is like this, just this connection of like shared knowledge, shared interests and shared and all that stuff. And I think that becomes, I think that bond becomes stronger. You know, I think you get to know each other quicker through that stuff and you get to, you're kind of like, oh, I know your family. I know your, I, mm-hmm. I, I know the type. I know this. I, you know, I, I think, and I don't think, you know, she's never been in, she's never even been on like a dating app. So like, it wasn't like oh, she was on JD. Wow, a like, badge of honor. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she tells everyone. Um, <laughs> so so that's how she, she wears a shirt, never been on a dating app. So I, um, and she only wears it to brunch and she puts it in women's faces. Um, so I, Fuck you. Yeah, right? Uh, what a bitch. I, so I, so yeah, I think for, for her, she wasn't like on the hunt for a Jewish guy. I think it was more like I've heard him on stage. It's you know I liked kind of the the the, the vibe that he was putting out there, and I I think like those are two things that she could connect on. Like, are you single and Jewish? Like, me too. You know. So like and yeah. again, like well, uh, uh, as far as like tip of the iceberg stuff, like you kind of know a little bit of what the stuff underneath the water is a little bit like at that point. Sure. I feel like we I tried wanna... that with Mark Marin when I first moved to L.A. and it didn't work. Um, anyway, so... he was too busy surrounded by other people dressed like they were Mark Marin for Halloween. I once saw Mark Marin and I, I, I think it was in Toronto and it was like him in a flannel with like a little notebook in his pocket, top pocket. And it was so funny and like disheveled hair, the beard. It was just so funny that he's like surrounded by six guys who just looked like different versions of him in the video game. Like, like, yeah. like if you were going to create your own character, they just switch t-shirts. It was very funny to say. I think he loves it though. It must be flattering. Oh, I'm sure he loves it. I, I couldn't believe <laughs> yeah. these. Like the other guys, I'm like, like what, what gives? You try your own thing. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> JC, maybe you could snag one of those guys. That could be good. I don't good. want one of those guys. No? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think that like, um, I don't know if, I, I, People come on my podcast and like I start very when I start my show, I do it very um, sports radio like, hey, and welcome to the J Trey podcast. Like I get into it. Yeah, you used to have that. Mm-hmm. Hello. That I would do that. I, hello. Thank I you, I will JC. not try. Yes. <laughs> so I do this long hello. And I remember like people come on and be like, wow, you really like 
you really get after it. I'm like, I don't know. The, the sit my coffee show already exists. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, hey, hello and welcome <laughs> to NPR. Like, I can't do that. That's not very me. No, and we love your style. So thank, thank you for being you. Yeah, we appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thank you. So you are a bit of a dating expert. I actually have a friend who will constantly send me episodes of your podcast and be like, Jessica, you need to listen to this man. <laughs> like, stop. Don't listen to your therapist. <laughs> don't listen to Cosmo. Don't no, listen don't to your girlfriend. Like, this guy is giving you the real. Yeah. Cosmo's trying to sell magazines. I, I, I'm just trying <laughs> is to... Cosmo I'm, still a thing? I don't know. I'm just trying to get you to use promo codes if, if, they, <laughs> if they make your life better. Um... No, I, I'm not an expert. I want to stop. I, I don't mean to like nag at any okay. time, but I, I'm just someone giving an, a loud, obviously loud, I, I, a, an honest opinion. I, I, my whole thing is every situation that I'm asked about is just, I am a normal dude. I'm not, I'm, I'm okay looking. I'm not a bad looking guy, but I'm not like a supermodel. I got, you know, weight issues and shit like that, that I deal with every day. But like, I, I, but I'm just like the guy you're seeing, the guy who dumped you, the guy you dumped, the guy. I'm just like that guy. And, and if I'm mm-hmm. thinking a certain way, then he's 10% away from me. So that's what I always tell people. And because I think like being, again, a straight dude in 2020 telling women what to do with dating, it's not a good look. It's, it's <laughs> like... I understand. And yet that, we can't get enough of it. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, so, people are obsessed. Well, I appreciate that. And tell your friend I said thank you for sharing. I do I will. it's but I I I I'm genuinely um if you listen to the podcast, I'm go I'm a lot of times it's like apologizing for things I've done. Like and again, I, I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect person. I think everyone who's happy with their boyfriend or girlfriend, there's another person out there who had a bad experience with that person. So, and that's human. And right. Like all of us have been the bad guy to someone or the bad girl to someone. And all of us have been the great, greatest partner on earth to someone. And, and, and for you up podcast, which I love doing uh, with Jordana at at Betches, I always call it the podcast of uncomfortable conversations had comfortably because these are things that are uncomfortable to talk about. I think that's why a lot of people wince at our podcast. I think a lot of people get like, "Eh, it's a little too much. Like we're not like, we're not in the confidence porn game, which exists. There's a lot of confidence porn out there. There's a lot of people that can Mm -hmm. gas queen you straight to the altar and good for them. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I, I, I think our podcast you up lands in, in reality and reality is, you know, sometimes a little depressing. Sometimes it's uplifting. Sometimes it's, it's and what I found and Jordana's the perfect host because she's never made me the bet. She's never made me evil for saying the truth. And there's mm-hmm. so many people that go, Oh, that's just you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just, if it's just me, then don't listen to me. That's fine. Right. But yeah, but that's just you. And it's like, okay, well, he's not that far away. I'm not that much more disgusting than him is my point. And, and, and that's hard to hear. It's hard to say sometimes, but I do enjoy talking about dating. I think it's interesting. I, I love watching guys kind of do the things they do. Cause I think it's funny, but I know it's not funny to everybody. I'm very entertained. I think it's fascinating, but it does suck when you're like on the receiving end of a guy acting shitty. Totally. And, and I think like a lot of people, I think with dating, 
it's really easy to take it personally because it is personal. But a lot of these things that people do are self-preservation. Like a lot of things people are doing, like the guy who watches your stories first every day after he ended it, like psychotic. Well, I don't think it's so psychotic. I I think it's um, I think it's it's a mindfuck. Yeah, it is. Well, well, let's put it this way: the the algorithm, algorithm. Yeah, the algorithm's built to put the people whose whose accounts you've touched the most at the front of the storyline. So if you just Mm -hmm. got done dating someone, their account is someone that is an account that you've used. You viewed more than not. Let's just say that, mm-hmm. yeah, or, or more than average. Of course, you're going to come to the front of the line, and of course, after they've said, "Hey, I don't want to be in a committed relationship," watching your story is a lot easier and cheaper than a committed relationship. Okay, so like, it's true. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I don't want to go meet your parents, but I do want to watch everything you do and how cute you are because I still think I still think you're attractive. I still think you're. Uh, a nice person. I'm. You're someone that I've uh, I've been drawn to. So why wouldn't they watch your stories every single time? They're. I mean, yeah. it's, e- it's easy. That they're looking. They didn't want to. And it's always surprised me because it's like they didn't want to date you because it's not easy to date. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's like <laughs> so. What's how surprising is it that they did the easiest thing they could do? I think that's. I feel like that's where girls and guys differ. And I don't want to speak for all women or all men, but like. As a female, I if I watch a story of someone that just broke up with me or I broke up with, like I do not find them attractive anymore. Like I do not want to see what they're wearing. I don't mm-hmm. want to see what they mm. look like. I do kind of want to know like if they're hanging out with anyone new or something Who like that for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But I also am a serial muter and I think God invented the Same. mute for well, this reason. It's empowering. Well, also that's back to the subject of self-preservation. They're watching your story for some sort of ego boost and you're muting them to not fuck your emotional state. That's totally, yeah. I think both mm-hmm. are from the same, come from a similar place. And I, and I do agree with you. Like, I think if you're, I think if anyone's, whoever's the most emotionally invested feels the worst from the story view or the viewing us. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. so it, it, to me, it's it's a good thing to look at because if they'll look at your story every day and they don't text you, it means they weren't that emotionally invested. So like, yeah. if we want to look on the positive sides of things, if you're trying to shake yourself out of this guy or girl that you've been seeing, well, just know they don't even care to even see you. So how much did they care about this relationship? And again, that trickles down the road of like, oh, that fucking hurts me personally. But again, I, I have to reiterate, that's not that personal. That means it's not about you. They, it's just that they didn't want that situation. Right. And uh, while we're clumping all men and all women together, would you... <laughs> do you I do you said, think... but that could be anyone. I said the most emotionally invested. I, I, didn't I say was it. doing <laughs> it. I was doing it. You weren't. I'm shitting I, on myself. Um, do, you, do you think that any of the stereotypes about Jewish men... Uh, are true like about them not being uh, you know not being able to do stuff for themselves or yes absolutely true yeah what, <laughs> are, what are some others just help me out <laughs> being extremely close with their mothers absolutely true i've i I've, uh, sorry to interrupt but i've, I've thought my mom there was a point where like i think all jewish moms want to have sex with their sons and i don't <laughs> and not with their sons but like i think their sons are What's that? My girlfriend's <laughs> correcting me. She says, not sex. Get on in here. <laughs> well, I think what happens is 
you're, the Jewish son is the age and the and the look of their husband when they fell in love. So, yes, Oedipus <laughs> complex. I mean, it's literally psychology. I'm an idiot. Whatever. One of those psychology. There's a psychology lesson <laughs> there. there. But I and it was interesting. Like if I dated someone that was not like I, again, if you date not Jewish, a lot of times the mom takes that, and I, I'll say that my mom was this way. If I dated someone that wasn't Jewish. It was almost like I was choosing someone that wasn't like her. Mm-hmm. And and that can sound it's like what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, that someone, a psychologist could be listening to this going, wow, that's seriously fucked up. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it is true. Like I and uh, like I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. You guys watch the show? I, I dabble. OK, so there's a I'm big the story. Yeah. That's OK. The, the big storyline from last from Peter. Peter was The Bachelor. He had it between Maddie and Hannah, Hannah, Hannah B. G's the other one with Dylan. So, okay. Okay. It was between Maddie and Hannah. Okay. And they both met the mom. Peter has a mom or this woman, Barb, who's become famous because she's out of her mind. And, and okay. Yes. I do know what you're talking about. Okay. But she's not out of her mind to me. Barb. (laughs) Has two sons, Peter and the other one, and a and a and a and a husband. So she's been the 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 mother hen to an all male house her whole life. These two women come in. Hannah looks at the mom and goes, "I love your son." Maddie looks at the mom and goes, "I just think we have different values." The mom now hates Maddie, loves Hannah, and and everyone was like, "How could she hate Maddie?" And I'm like, "She told a woman." that she has different values from the son that she created. That is mm-hmm. her saying, I don't like your cooking. And that is, it's the same thing. And it's like, I, I felt that. Cause everyone was like, man, Peter's mom is crazy. I was like, no, 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 that's a mom that, yeah. with two sons that has never had another woman infiltrate her nest. And mm-hmm. you, I feel that a lot of times with Jewish moms that they're very much like, it's like that. Always like, yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and just the way that my mom hovers over me, take off your shoes, put on your shoes, take off your shoes. I have a drink. <laughs> you're drinking too much. You, what do you, you should have seconds. Oh my God. You're eating like crazy. Like it's all, she's on every move of mine. And so it's like, that also goes into what you're saying, JC of um, that Jewish men have can't do anything for themselves because there was a mom going, just stop it. Get out of the mm-hmm. way. Get yeah. out of the way. I'll do it. And it's like, I see that. Yeah, all the stereotypes are there for a reason. Absolutely. How many times a week do you talk to your mom? Most days. Text or like on the phone? I would say we talk on the phone every other day. That is like not the answer that I wanted. I wanted to play this for my mom and be like, mom, see, this is not normal that you want to talk to me every day. (laughs) No, every every day, day. every other day. And then it's, um, why haven't, where have you been? Is everything okay? What's wrong? It's been two hours. I get that text a lot. Are you okay? What's happening? You know, like if I don't call, but it, it was every day. I, I, it's probably every, I would say five times a week. We talk. About That's a good That's amount. That's normal for a Jew. That's normal. Jared. It's normal. <laughs> for a Jew. For a Jew, yeah. Um, Jared, have you heard of this new dating app called The Locks Club? It's like Raya for Jews. They've reached out to me. If I'm oh, okay. going to be to do uh, to do what, like be on it or like sponsor it or like 
I think they want me to talk about it in some way. I, I saw it, Ow. and when it didn't have uh, a, a dollar offer, I kind of ignored it because I was like... You can redirect them to us because we um, <laughs> will take it and we'll fucking promote the shit out of them. So you, want that, to you want that app to happen. How old are you guys? Not to be... I'm 28. I'm 28. Okay. Oh, we're both 28. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> How old are so you? Do you like the idea of that app? So... Uh, I don't know. You have to explain it to me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, that's okay. It's a app that's apparently for picky Jews, but it's just Jewish people. And it has like a really cool like layout and it's very like user friendly or whatever. And it like links to the person's Instagram. So you can see who your mutuals are, which like, I feel like when you're every dating dating app, isn't it though? Full disclosure. I have a boyfriend. I've been off the apps. I don't know what's going on. It's required. (laughs) Well, you know, you know what's but, going on. This is a very female thing to me. The minute women get a boyfriend, they're like, I don't know anything. I I was traded for a cow. No, you know what's going on. You use a fucking Instagram, Jay-Z. Come on. I just don't know how Locks Club works. I know a lot. Yeah. I just don't know about Locks Club. <laughs> the thing that's funny to me about this app is it's like super focused on what your job is. Which is like the most Jewish thing to me ever. It's like, what are your career aspirations? What do you currently do? And like, we will approve you or not approve you based off of what you tell us. But what I think is so funny is in most of these profiles, the men have at least one photo with their mother. I'm like, you guys, like, <laughs> you guys, we, it's, it's assumed. Too, it's too cat. You've written the character too real. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't like so when I saw the Locks Club thing, um, mm-hmm. it immediately turned me off because to me, with the league, it made sense because it's like I want to be around Ivy League people. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. There's a line of delineation between who gets in and who doesn't get in. Higher education is is the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, with Raya, I thought the pitch was you're in the public space, right? Mm-hmm. Famous people, you're in the it's public famous space. people, but like anyone could get on. Like I was on yeah. and I mean, no one famous matched with me. So like, I don't know. But it didn't was... start that way. Like, I don't think in the early aughts of Raya, I don't know that they would have proved someone like who didn't me, have over you. like X amount of followers. Well, you have to have women on your app. That's what with dating apps. It's, it's the women come first and then the men. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Bumble became very popular based off of a marketing scheme that claimed it was a feminist dating app. It's the least um, feminist thing of all time. It makes women feel like garbage. I hate it. <laughs> it well, it's built for me- it's built for whoever's laziest. And it just so happens that I've been lazier than every woman I've ever dated. So translate that to whatever guy you're seeing. It just puts you in a position of power. The good thing about Bumble for women, though, was that it added a layer of protection. Instead of getting message from every single guy you matched with, you were getting to choose amongst the guys you matched with. Now it kind of cut down the numbers. The problem with that is now every guy on Bumble owns a thought in your brain. Not only did you think he was good looking, but you thought he was good looking enough to go, ooh me, hello, hello, hello. So Mm -hmm. now he's in a position of power that maybe he wouldn't have been in when you're wondering if she's into you or not. So that's the issue with, with Bumble to me. But then this was all to say that like you need, so now there's all these women on Bumble with protection. There's guys that come to Bumble. This is now where we stand with 
like with Locks Club or with Raya, Raya, it was like, okay, we want famous people. If you're in the public eye, you're in. And then it's like, okay, we need a bunch of women who's got, you know, anywhere <laughs> right. with 3,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, let them in. We, they're yeah. public enough, you know? So, but my issue with Locks Club, when I saw the email, and listen, I can be talked off of this. I've been wrong before, but what's the line of delineation? What, make, what makes a worthwhile Jew versus a not worthwhile Jew? Like I, I and it seems elitist to me, mm-hmm. which I, listen, I'm okay with elitism. I, I, you know, I get it, but I'm saying like, it seems like a dishonest, like, who gets to make this choice? You know, like I, I, I think yeah. it puts us in an icky territory that again, like if it was called like the summer camp app, I'd be okay with it. But you know, at least the that club. Well, at least it hides <laughs> and it's like a bunch of WME really... assistants. Like I don't want this app. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, the, like at least the summer camp app hides that we only want rich Jews here more than the locks club does. <laughs> The Locks Club is just a very honest way of saying, yeah, if you're rich and from the right town, I'll let you on my dating app. It's very to me, That's what it kind yeah. of seems like. Doesn't it to you? I don't know. Maybe yeah, no, it completely yeah. does. I The one time that I saw a screenshot from it, which I'm sure she got in trouble for, it was a screenshot of my ex-boyfriend's profile, who's like literally a writer's assistant on like a Shonda Rhimes show. I'm like, how is that? How is he allowed in this? Like, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I where's get... where's the line? Also, I don't know. Well, then it becomes a little bit like it's a little just like it's just dirty to me. I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a the, like who's it's one thing when it's OK, you got above 5000 Instagram followers. I don't know. I don't know. That feels maybe that's as dirty as as this is. But then with the league where it's like, OK, you have a secondary education or you're in the Ivy League. Those are the two ways you get yeah. in. If not, you're out. Mm-hmm. That I understand. But again, that, that I, someone could call that elitism too. Anyone can just go to law school and waste their time for a few years after they don't know what to do after college. I guess. I will say it's kind of frustrating on the Locks Club. You can't take screenshots. Or if you do, it's like two strikes, how, you're out or whatever. I'm like, what's the point too. of being on this? I just think that's so lame. Like, come on. Well, not to give a free plug. That's why I love what Betches is doing. Betches has an app, uh, the Ship app, where you can send people's profiles to in in the app you can send it to friends oh i like that you're shipping someone you can send even if you're in a relationship you can be on ship i'm not sponsored by ship i'm just you know that's if you like that version of it and i'm sure the betches app might have a few jews on it just to make a guess so (laughs) So i could like still scroll through dudes and like have my boyfriend and like it's fine yeah that's their whole that's the gimmick And, and these all have a gimmick is that your mm-hmm. the brunch table can be on the dating app, supposedly. But I do oh, yeah, think when I hear awesome. that, like you only get three screenshots, like something about me is about that tells me it was invented by a guy who's under five eight. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I'm sick and tired of people <laughs> outing me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> He's like five minutes away from becoming an incel. Um, (laughs) something that i've noticed or i've learned as a trend is people who are like married or in like very committed relationships are on the apps just to see like if they can get any bites like they have no intention of actually meeting up with or talking to anyone i would i think that's what they want you to think (laughs) there are some people i I, well have you met guys of this version or no a female or a male two women and they both were saying they're on locks club they're like i just wanted to see what what it was like and if i like could feed my ego i think they're not happy in their relationship they will be divorced 
what that is. <laughs> Listen, you're 28. The first divorce has come 31. It's about that. Time. It's just a few years around the corner. Yeah, those women. I, I Listen, I understand taking someone's phone and going, I want to play with it. That happens a lot mm-hmm. with people in relationships. Oh, I want to see what it's like. I want to fool around with it. Mm-hmm. One time I matched with a woman on a dating app and I was like, wow, she's cute. We went to the same school. I was like, and I called, I texted my buddy. I was like, hey, you, you're one of our mutual friends. Do you know this one? We just matched. on a, And I was kind of excited. And he was like, oh, I do. She's cool, whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I like wrote him, hey, what's up? And then like, whatever with the message. And I remember he texted me like a few days later. He's like, yeah, um, she said her friend was playing with the app. And like, <laughs> you're like, oh, like, oh, oh shot no. at the heart. And, and I was like, oh, and I was like, that bothered me, not because of her, but like this friend being like, oh, let's see. It's like, you're playing God here. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you, do you remember when Hinge had all of those questions, like preliminary questions that you needed to answer before you like got to filling out the, filling out your profile? No, this was probably like this was probably like three or four years ago at this point. But I remember I handed the phone to my roommate at the time and she just answered all the questions for me. And in every single question, it like made a mention of me being able to play the trumpet or like being in a marching band playing the trombone, which is fully false. So then all these (laughs) men that kept popping up as my like suggested matches were all people from like fucking marching bands or like clarinet (laughs) players. And it was like the best prank ever. But it was like. Honestly, the worst thing ever. Oh, so they would ever. send you like their suggested people. And yeah, it, and it was all like <laughs> true band members of some sort or like classical music heads or like jazz heads. And I was like, this could not be further from what I am looking yeah, for. This is why the whole like, we're making a profile for you thing or I want to play with your app. It's like dating is so hard already. Being single is mm-hmm. hard already. Being in relationships is hard. Like nobody needs your your you to get your rocks off via other people's emotional state. Like, I I don't like any of that. I don't like when people set people up without knowing how important that is to people. I don't like, I, I don't think when people take, I don't like when people take these things lightly. Like, and, and then like when people are on dating apps because they're like, well, my friend made this. It's like, well, you're here. Yeah. Now I'm the loser. Yeah. You're above it now. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, you can't be above the thing while on the thing, you know, like. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. Yeah. Do you watch 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days by any chance? I have watched it. I've watched all of ver- I love reality TV um, and I've watched 90 Day Fiance. My issue with it is like I could start 90 Day Fiance or before the 90 day or whatever or the one where they're on the couch yelling at the TV. And I am like all of a sudden it's like jump rope. Like like you, it's like double dutch. Like the minute you jump in, then you're just double dutching and you can't get out of it. <laughs> That's <laughs> literally what's happening to me. I watched four seasons in four weeks. Oh, no, and less than four weeks, like two and a half weeks. It's not I'll okay. come out of like a daze and I'll be like, am I watching the same episode twice in a row just with the couch people? Like, oh, like, like I accidentally followed all of them on Instagram. I like know all of their children. Like it's oh insane. My God. But I was asking because like they have dating sites in like the Ukraine where the man has to pay to talk to the woman and then the woman also well, gets paid for their conversation. Like <laughs> that dude, there's nothing sadder than that dude. And and there's I, a few of them, but yeah. But that guy that I I know who you're talking about, right? The the one David, that went to the David Ukraine or to, Caesar. David. David. 
they, he's sad. Just just yelled, he's sad. It, it is really so sad because he's paying by the minute. By the or something, minute? Or something like, like that. Or what's by the, the going rate? Yeah. It, he says he spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars. $500,000. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, and, and he he could only, she never gave him her number. So he would go on the thing be like, maybe she messaged me. Like when he got there in the Ukraine, you're like, and, and it shows you like, I know this sounds like an eighties hairband line, but like love is a drug. Like it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, and the, and the finding love is like, like you, a lot of people in dating, they turn into these, like, you know, people who are like addicts who are just trying to find their fix. And mm-hmm. you, you see it on 90 day fiance. Cause the kids are always the most lucid. Like then yeah. when they have children on, the children are like, yeah, why are you talking to this guy? And then the woman's like, <laughs> we talk through Google Translate. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you've lost it. Like, so it's like, yeah, you're, a, you're addicted to it. And uh, the apps, you know, kind of feed that too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was that way when I was on dating apps. Like, you just want to like, you just want to feel for a second. Like, I think a lot of people are going to be like a little fucked up because after COVID kind of goes away, I hopefully that happens sooner than later. But like, you're going to have to go on these dates. You can't just swipe yeah. with an excuse in your back mm-hmm. pocket. You know, like the great excuse is, you know, COVID has given us all a child. Oh, I can't go out tonight. I got COVID. You know, like, I, I gotta- mean, Jess, <laughs> you've been on COVID dates. Are you like outside? How do you do? What's the deal? Yeah. So I feel like the way it works is you have to decide if someone is worth your time and then also decide if they're worth you potentially getting sick and dying or infecting someone and getting them sick and dying. So the stakes are a lot higher, but I think there's like, you have to be very like, who have you been with? Like, who have you been around? The couple of dates that I've been on, I have been like outside and then it's like, if it goes well, it's like, okay, I'm willing to take to the risk. This inside. I, yeah. Or like, I think that you're being truthful about being safe about COVID or whatever. And then you could maybe like risk it and sit inside with them. Well, don't you think there's a blessing in that? Like, isn't that great? Like, I think the problem yes. with dating apps is like, is the number. That's the problem and the solution. It gives, the solution is it gives you more people, more options. The problem is mm-hmm. it gives you more people, more options, more denial, more horrible people, more people you don't connect mm-hmm. with. And that's where people get bogged down. Like, I think like, I think a lot of people feel badly just stopping talking to somebody. And it's like, mm-hmm. like, uh, wouldn't you say that you're operating without feeling badly? Because you're like, this conversation is going nowhere. I'm going to walk away. I wouldn't spend my COVID day with you. Like, that's good. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. The only downside I would say is like when things are going well, in the back of my mind, I'm like, is this person only like hanging out with me or talking to me because we're in the middle of a pandemic and they can't go to bars or they can't like date around. So they're like, Oh, well, I guess I'll like hang out with this girl. Well, didn't you say, but like, I, but like love is blind. Did you ever watch that show? I tr- uh, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I watched it. I love love is blind, but you know what the best part about that show is? I think this is like, I think this is a win for women to, to be true, to be perfectly honest. Like I think COVID's a win for women. Um, <laughs> I, well, if we can find women, a silver lining here. That, well, you got <laughs> yeah. to, you have to look at like, okay, listen, you can be aware of the negatives while also playing to the positive. So like yes. the idea that you have a more, uh, that if you're on a date with a guy, just by the nature of what's going on, he's talking to less people than he could be in any other world. So 
Mm-hmm. I, I think with Love is Blind, like the guy, if you remember those guys on that, on that season all seemed like amazing guys, like for the most <laughs> part. And it's like, why do these guys and all the women didn't seem as savory? And, yeah. and I remember thinking like, mm-hmm. why, like Jessica 34 was like the big punchline. And that other woman who was like telling the guy he was bad in bed, like while like smiling <laughs> yeah. at the camera. And you're like, and I remember thinking, I was like, this isn't the truth. Like there's no, you know, women aren't worse than men in dating. Like, that's just not Mm -hmm. true. Why are these men, because they're in a position where there's no Mm -hmm. other option. They have to be, you know, like if you can't talk to anyone else, they're going to give you full attention. They're going to go, oh, wow, you are cool. You know, like they're letting people in more based on the environment. So like, I think there's a big win for if you're on a date with a guy, like you're getting a more attentive guy, I think a lot of times. And there's the lies are all highlighted during COVID. Like, hey, mm-hmm. want to do a FaceTime? Nah, I want to come over to my apartment instead. No, no, no. If you won't do a FaceTime, you don't want to get to know me. Like right. a COVID yeah. date is, is there's no chance of fucking, there's no chance of Frenching unless it unless you Frenching. personally get together well. So like no smooching. Is yeah. Isn't there like a isn't there a goodness to that? It's like if yeah, I'm yeah, a lot of guys could go on three dates where you guys don't touch and you're in hazmat suits to get to fucking. <laughs> but again. I can't save someone from getting screwed over, but I, I do think that you're just going to get more attentive people that are, like my brother is in a serious relationship mm-hmm. right now that he met a woman at the beginning of this thing over hit. And mm-hmm. he, he told me, he was like, I don't think he was disagreeing with me. He was like, I, cause I was trying to look at the positives and he was like, he was like, COVID dating sucks. This isn't how I want to meet someone. It's it's bad to meet people this way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit on a park bench with somebody. It's awful. And I go, right. well, I go for the right person, for the person you're interested in, you will. I go, I think you're yeah. wrong. I, I I think, if anything, this makes it so you go on less, less, I guess I'll go on a date date. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the person needs to be rate. worth it. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I feel like during COVID, it's easier to have like, a one night sleepover turn into like a week long sleepover because everyone's kind of Mm -hmm. like in this weird bubble of like working from home, but like maybe not working and kind of just like having all this free time. So why Mm -hmm. not just spend a large amount of time with someone that you might be interested in and seeing if it'll work out? Absolutely. And and these things do go quicker. It seems they seem to get more serious, more quick. They also seem to end quicker because of it. Mm -hmm. Like again, like beyond the realities of, Listen, I, I live in the land of luxury conversations, so I understand the ills of COVID and people are dying and it's very serious, but there's a lot of people out like, what's a better excuse than COVID? So like, if they're not using that excuse, they do want to see you. Exactly. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Um, before we let you go, let you go. That sounded. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to um, know what the theme of your bar mitzvah was and what the ice culture was. It was a nightclub theme. And Me I think too. I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours too? Yeah. We haven't even Get talked on about out here. What's your together. girlfriend's name? Oh my God. Jess. I have another Jess over here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bar Mitzvah. Yeah. Ask, where did Jess have hers? Where is she from? <laughs> She's from uh, Atlanta. Okay, we didn't have it at the same place then. <laughs> no, you didn't have it at the same place. <laughs> it was an ice sculpture table. Oh, so like multiple ice sculptures? It was, was it like a table that was made of ice? I think. <laughs> I I know this because I remember a friend of mine karate chopped it at the end of the night, and it was like a big <laughs> thing. 
Oh, I was going to say my cousin had an ice sculpture at her bat mitzvah that had like, it was like a luge and cosmopolitans mm. like came out of it. And totally. now that I think about it, I'm like, like virgin cosmos or real old. cosmos? No, real no, cosmos. Some of these parties are for the adults too. I, I, I do appreciate <laughs> that these, like imagine you're like, you're 45, 40, 50, however old you are when your kids are of this age. And you're like, I need an excuse to get dressed up and have a drink and, you know, fuck my husband or wife, you know, like, so like, <laughs> like why not? You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would love to go to a bar the kids to summer camp. <laughs> Eight weeks Keep full the of love alive. fun in the sun yeah. for the parents. <laughs> Jess, do you think we did it? Did we do a good job? Yeah. We, I think we did a good job. Jared, so. Jared what do you think? <laughs> Your podcast expert, All of us, we did a great job together. We, we, we were amazing. This podcast has been mastered and mixed by the one and only Josh Fisher. Yay, Josh. We love you, Josh. <laughs>